football therapy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to football therapy. Uh, Andrew, how are you? I'm good, Paul. How are you? Nice to nice to see you this morning. Uh, the pleasure is not uh, reciprocated. Anywho, wait, what? <laughs> On today's episode, oh my God. we're going to cover um, a bunch of competitions that are currently wrapping up, which is, which are the Women's World Cup, the Copa America, the African Championships, and the Gold Cup. And um, if we're feeling real hot, we'll cover some of the U21 Euros, but we probably won't get to that. And of course, probably close up with some transfer rumors. Everybody loves the transfers, Paul. That's really what I'm useful for, that intro song and uh, the transfers. I would say you're really useful for none of it, but <laughs> it's good to hype yourself up. Um, so I'd like to start with the Women's World Cup because it's the competition that we've been watching the most. Um, and the USA, man. US in the finals. Yeah, I mean, uh, nothing really surprising there. Nothing uh, surprising at all. Especially after beating France, that was the real close game, at least to me anyway. Well, it's weird because I feel like they're a mix of lucky, but they're also clearly better than everyone else. But I feel like they're really lucky with their matches. Yeah. Spain 2-1, France 2-1, England 2-1. Like, in the end, I think each opposing team could have won the match. But, I mean, it's such a mental factor with the U.S. where you're like, yeah, I'm playing the U.S., I'm almost certain certainly going to lose. I think that's definitely a factor in the in their matches, the mental part about you know telling yourself you're going to play probably the best by far. I should say why I mean probably by far the best women's team in football. Right. I don't think they played up to uh, played up uh, to their usual standards as well as they can play, but they got the job done in every game. Um, like I said, France I feel is the closest one. Uh, I feel like Spain was the closest one. I think France was. I, I think France. I was. think France played poorly. For yeah, when it was two one, I feel like uh, the, the U.S. was on the defensive and really had to come together as a unit to to hold the lead. And it could, France had scored; they would have had the momentum going in extra time. I feel like it could have really gone either way. I don't know. I think England was also really close, missing that last minute pen. Final U.S. Netherlands. Do you have any comments about either team? About my team. About either team. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it'll be no surprise to anybody when the U.S. wins it. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. No such, one else has reported this yet. Such a brave soul. My but God. But the U.S. is going to win. Predicting the U.S. to win. I know. I, I love to pick the underdog, and uh, here I am doing it again. <laughs> is that supposed to be a joke? Yeah. Don't do those anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it's a surprise to absolutely no one that the U.S. is in the finals. Um, you know, I'm just going to give you a score prediction. I'm going with 2-1 because all of their knockout matches have ended 2-1. Yeah, that sounds like a good prediction. I'm going to tweak it a little 2-1 after extra time. Wow. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. I mean, I know I was rooting for the Netherlands against Sweden just by the theory that... Which never ever theorize about football this way, but... The U.S. beat Sweden 2-0, so I was hoping, you know, if the Netherlands beat Sweden, that would mean that they have a better chance of beating the U.S. and Sweden would have. Yeah, that's, of course, how football works. Uh, of course how it works. But I think it's true. I think if you're a team and starts on the group stage and then you lose, 
if you meet again a team in the finals, I think you have a the team that won in the group stage has a psychological advantage over For you. sure, psychological advantage. That's really an astute observation. Um, Unless... I, I want to tweet to win just so there would be a nice rematch of that um, Olympic final. Unless we're talking about 1954. Wait, what? Hungary v. Germany when Hungary pummeled Germany in the group stages. I think it was like five by five goals. And then they lost the final, like four three. Yeah, that was actually my uh, my favorite game. That I've ever hungry, watched, I mean, so. yeah, you know, Ferenc Puskas playing one of the greatest players ever. Yeah, I so, I haven't and, seen it actually, but I do know who he is mostly because of his award. Best pundits guys on this pod. Just, but but anyway, uh, Sweden Sweden did beat the U.S. in the Olympics, right? I'm not. But that was two years ago, right? Right. So two years ago. Sorry. Yeah, it would have been a fun rematch, but. I mean, we already saw it, meet the rematch. It was in the group stage. No, I'm, I mean a rematch with real consequences because they both went through the group anyway. I guess. First first place is up for grabs, so I guess that was the consequence. Yeah, okay. And you could have seen USA-Canada in the knockout rounds. That would have been fun. The real rivalry, according to FIFA, the journey, just so you guys know. All right, let's get actually back to talking a, a bit more football, though. Yeah, um, I think they were pretty lucky throughout the knockout rounds but that's probably just like a salty fan talking yeah i mean i think than, they, uh, they definitely deserve to impartial to beat france football analysis um france was pretty awful france was i think very disappointing throughout Especially the, the first half my goodness they played one good match against south korea in the opener and then it was garbage against norway garbage against nigeria honestly pretty garbage against brazil um, and then against the U.S., I mean, it felt like the girls never believed for a second that they were going to win the match. Maybe when it was 2-1, they had a little bit of hope. But And do not get me started on the French manager. My goodness. Oh, oh my I, I want to get you started on the French manager. What oh, What? What are your comments? such a train wreck. I think she was probably the biggest person to blame in this, I'm not going to call it debacle, but in this underperformance because her... Her starting 11s, her substitutions, her tactics. I feel like they're always wrong. There was no coherence to them whatsoever. Um, she waited until the 75th minute, 78th minute to make a change in the U.S. game. I don't know why you think the team that's playing right now has any sort of chance of scoring. Uh, she played Valérie Gauvin every match. She started her when she was absolutely useless, didn't bring anything to the team. I don't know. The French manager, Corinne Diac, was really, really frustrating me all tournament long. Um, she definitely made a couple of enemies in the French media as well over this course of the tournament. But um, the French president just uh, resigned her to another contract and maintained her in a position. So I don't know. We'll see where the team goes from here. But it was, I think, an underwhelming performance from the host nation. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think uh, Jill Ellis got her tactics right. Um, it's not too hard to get the tactics right when you have. All right, well, e- cool. I mean, all you do is send them team. out there. But I thought maybe not playing Megan uh, Rapino in the semifinal was a tactical decision. Well, she was a hamstring injury. Yeah, I thought it was a tactical. Do you hear me say I thought? What do you mean? Like, like you thought initially? Then... Initially, I thought that. Oh, you thought that passing herself of a best player was a tactical decision? I don't think she's the best player. Who do you think is the best player on the team? Tobin Heath. 
it's arguable. I think this tournament, Megan Rapinoe has been the no, best I mean, player. Well, she scored twice joined against top, France. Were joined top of them scorer with Alex Morgan, who's the f- most fake goals, top goal scorer I've ever seen in my life. I'm, yeah. I am an Alex Morgan Guys, hater. Paul doesn't I'll like be, Alex I'll Morgan. <laughs> she do, he does not like Alex Morgan. I'll be honest with everyone listening to the pod. I am an Alex Morgan hater. I'm a hater. Hate on me for being a hater. That's fine. But she I scored five goals against Thailand and has since only scored one, and it was against England. And she did that little tea celebration. The tea celebration was pretty funny. I didn't mind it. And I think it was a, a lot of it, or the reason for it was uh, Phil Neville's comments about how the, the U.S. has handled themselves. Phil oh. Neville doesn't like the U.S. either. What did he say? I didn't, I didn't see that. Um, he's just talked a lot about excessive celebrations, especially post-Thailand game. Oh, so. which I've been... I mean, I understand it's a World Cup, but like, think about even Brazil-Germany 2014. The German, like, six, fifth, sixth, and seventh goals, the players... It was only the player who scored was getting all excited, but the bench was staying calm. Like, the players around the player who scored just, like, you know, high-fived him, and that was it. They weren't doing like, these, like, huge celebrations like the U.S. women were doing when they're beating a team that is so immensely weak and they're scoring the 10th or 11th goal... Like I don't know what they were saying. Like oh, it's a you know we score a goal at the World Cup. Yeah, look at Germany, Brazil. It's a question about respect as well. Like you know, there's no point in, like celebrating all out when you're clearly miles better, miles ahead of your opponents. Yeah, I didn't have a huge problem with it, like some people did, but I thought it was a little excessive, if I'm honest. Well, talking about Thailand, U.S. can get us into another topic concerning women's football. How do you feel about the tournament as a whole and like the level of competition? that there was well it just puts the disparity quite frankly on a full display between the the teams who could go on to win and the teams uh that just basically have no chance the uh the thailands and the um the south koreas of the competition really i mean i would go even further to say like in the knockouts rounds for example um Italy, for example, I don't think played top quality football. Um, France, I mean, they're supposed to be on the best teams in the world. They didn't really play that great. Norway, uh, Australia was a bit underwhelming because they only have one real star player. Cameroon, Brazil, underwhelming. China was woeful. My goodness, it was hard to watch any of their games. Yeah. Um, Japan Japan got robbed. Yeah. And hit the crossbar, I think it was twice against the Netherlands. Nigeria was poor. Canada was poor. Uh, Germany, again, also a bit underwhelming this, uh, oh, this yeah. tournament. Biggest, one of the biggest upsets. And for me, England, there's only really two teams or like three teams that really um, sh- shown during this tournament. The Netherlands. Um, that Netherlands, England, England, and the U.S. US. I think were the ones that every match you, every match you watch... Uh, you told yourself these are top quality sides. These are you know good teams that play really good attractive football. And so I think it comes to no surprise that those three teams made it all the way to the semifinals, and that two of the three are in the final. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the England England USA match was actually a really entertaining spectacle. It had had everything you could really want, even for uh, for neutrals, which I wasn't. But it had goals, VAR decisions. Uh, red card for Millie Bright. Uh, what did you think of the match? Well, I didn't actually watch you, it. You didn't actually watch it. 
Um, Classic. Because I knew the U.S. was going to win, and I just couldn't really bear to watch another U.S. win. So, well, it was a good match. Although I do think that England's penalty was a bit harsh, if I'm honest. It's just just a bit harsh. Sadly, I'll have to take your word on that, and I won't be able to correct you because I didn't actually see what happened. Well, so we're all we're all trusting you with that uh that verdict, mate. Well, they uh, it was a, a VAR decision to award a penalty, and really there wasn't actually that much contact made by uh by Becky Sauerbrunn. Not as I believe at her all. name is pronounced. Not surprised at all. The Americans have been diving all tournament long, honestly. Oh, really well pissing then. me off. All right. Um, I'm thinking of... Uh, there was one, actually, that really amused me. I think it was in maybe the quarterfinals or the um, it was in the group stages, where I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, uh, one of the girls goes down in the box, ref goes to VAR, doesn't award the penalty, meaning that it has to be a dive in that case and that the player should be booked. Never happened. So with VAR, is that how it works? If they decide... That's just a rule, mate. If, you know, if it's a dive, then it's a booking. So if she goes to VAR and see the girls goes down and she's like, there's no contact, it's not a pen, then it's, a f- then it's you know, it's a free kick for the team and it's a booking for the player for diving. Like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I think I actually remember that happening. But I don't remember which game it was. Was it the Classic quarters? Americans, honestly. Classic Americans. Well, you know, they're in the finals, so. I think that the U.S. women are going to take it in extra time, 2-1 to one over the Netherlands. And just to make it even worse for you, I think uh, I think Alex Morgan's Morgan Morgan will have a brace. Winner. God damn it. <laughs> all right, so you're picking the same score that they've been going with all knockout stage. Fair enough. That you have? No, no, the U- the U.S. has two uh, one. You said right. Yes, yeah, I so think they're going to keep the doing exact it. same score throughout. Two to one the whole way. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with two two, and Netherlands win on pens. Uh, that's a brave one. Mostly because I really don't want to predict an American win, just because otherwise it'd be really obvious and there won't be a lot of suspense. And uh, honestly, I feel like that's what. 90% of the footballing world is expecting with the U.S. against the Netherlands. I think everyone has the U.S. winning. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. They just really have the deepest squad and most of the talent, although I know that there are a few Dutch players that you really like. Yes, my favorite player, Leek Martens. So I'll be rooting for her. And then uh, you can be rooting for your two uh, Arsenal ladies. Medema and Dodonk. Yeah, I mean, you know how my national identity will trump any club affiliation. Okay, so you're going with a, an American I'm win. I'm going with an American I'll win. I'll go with the Netherlands because it's more entertaining that way. Yeah, and that way I get to root against you, which is always fun. There you go. Hey, man, just so we can have a little bit of, of humor in this in this pod, can you, uh, can you talk to us about your bracket that you made at the start of the tournament? Um... Do I have to? My bracket, that bracket was an upset bracket from the start. I wanted mm, to be contentious. Upset bracket. I wanted to be okay. contrarian. Of so, course, you know, I actually got 15 of the 16 teams in the round of 16 right. All right. Let's, let's, let's be precise about this. I didn't you, say they're in the right places. Yeah. But like 15 one of, the of them, teams. like two teams are in their correct positions. Everyone else just kind okay, of well, in. I guess that's not that hard places. to do when it really isn't. 
when when you like, have this disparity when I think in there's what there's what like six teams that don't make it to the next round right <laughs> but anyway or eight teams six or eight teams. i did have um i did have well, what was your final what, what was your final uh, canada france france canada okay to be fair to be fair france could have gone further dude so could have canada you know who else canada could have gone lost further, to sweden dude? am i wrong dude Cameroon could have gone further. Do Nigeria yeah. could have gone yeah, further? Yeah, okay. I'm saying that France. What is that France supposed to mean? <laughs> they, could, they could have gone further. Yeah, they could have beaten Dude, the any US. other team. Could have gone further. It was further. a game. It was a game, Paul. It was close. It was a game. That's what I'm saying. All right, Canada they weren't was also decisively knocked out. They lost to Sweden. What one nil? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty close. Yeah, there you go. Could have been Canada. You heard it here first, folks. My bracket wasn't wrong because it could have been Canada. I love it. All right, well, we can definitely check on who's the better predictor, although this won't really be a good barometer because of the matchup. But um, after, yeah, we'll, we'll be back after the final, on which is on Sunday. And that about, and that, I said that wraps up the, the Women's World Cup. Uh, and we'll see you after Sunday in that case to see who is right, me or Andrew. Moving on to the Copa America, where we're also um, at the final with one you could say expected country and one not so expected which one do you think is which andrew i don't know they are they're both big powerhouses uh so I they're both big powerhouses <laughs> i just said one was expected was, and one wasn't expected i was kidding i was joking obviously peru's the unexpected team uh that's right they've been really impressive Beating the likes of Chile, drawing with Uruguay. Do you hear my pronunciation there? It's pretty nice. Yeah, we can tell you're white. Let the record show that I might be white. But Let I'm the record also, show that you burn in the sun. I also might not. That you become tomato. I also might become not. I'm not going to say a tomato, you just become tomato in the sun. But uh, I think it's worth noting that in the group stage, Peru did lose to Brazil 5-0. So I don't think uh, things are looking too good for them. It bodes the well for the final. Well, um, I'll be honest. Please honesty do. I, I like when you're honest. Is the best policy. It is. Haven't watched a lot of Copa America. Um, what? First off, after watching what happened in the quarterfinals, I was pretty turned off. Um, there are three zero zeros. Um, I also watched one of the first games that was uh, Uruguay. <clears throat> versus Ecuador. And although there were four goals scored, the quality wasn't great. Uh, there was a lot of flopping and arguing after the referee as there usually is in South American football. Oh, was that the game where Suarez um, tried to say that the goalkeeper had... had um handled the ball in the box i think that was against chile that was pretty i fun. think i'm I, i'm not entirely sure but i'm pretty sure it was against chile um or even paraguay uh, i mean peru but anywho i was watching i think that game was right after one game from the women's world cup and i told myself i 100 percent want to watch the women's world cup match over this wow look at you progressive um yeah, I thought there uh, a lot of the football was disappointing. I thought a lot of the teams were disappointing. And I mean that you can just tell that by just looking at the top score chart where no one has scored more than two goals this entire competition. Let me repeat that. No one has scored more than two goals. Brazil and Peru, both teams that made it to the final, 
I've played five games. No one has scored more than two goals. This is going to be their sixth game. Hopefully one of the teams scores and one of the players scores a third goal in the competition. You know, uh, thank you for repeating that, actually. Cause two goals. That just blows my mind. Thanks for repeating that. Lots of players are on two goals. And look at that. Alexis Sanchez. Alexis. Wow. Scoring as many times as he did for United the whole season. How long have you been preparing that joke for? Um, actually, not that long. You'd be surprised. I'm pretty witty. I'm amazed you haven't said a word about Argentina and Lionel Messi. Yeah, they lost. I'm, I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised at how poor Messi was in this competition. Yeah, well, everyone likes to lay the blame at Messi's feet, but at the end of the day, his team failed him too. Uh, it was a pretty bad game, pretty boring game. Which game? What? Argentina-Brazil. Oh. You didn't say that before. You started I thought that's saying. what we're talking about. No, I was talking about Argentina as a whole and as Messi a whole, as a whole. And, oh, and the like whole throughout the whole competition, they were poor. Well, um, how many goals does he have? Two? He, had, he has one goal. That's and, I mean, they lost to Colombia and tied Paraguay. Not ideal. And the goal he scored was on a pen against Paraguay. So it's not like he... I mean, it's complicated with him and the whole debate around how he's been doing with Argentina versus how he's been doing with Barcelona. Yes, he had Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets and a lot of great midfield players in Barcelona, but he it's not like he has C-class players at Argentina. He has the likes of Di Maria, uh, Aguero, Lautaro Martinez, Iguay in the past, Mascherano in the past. There's been some really top quality players and he just hasn't really been able to find I mean, the same spark or form and the pressure every competition the pressure builds bigger and bigger and bigger and it'll be the same thing next year when the Copa America will be hosted in Argentina wait they're having why is there another Copa America next year because they decided to switch it to even years so they're like we're going to do another one in 2020 and then from there on it'll be every four years on even years it's just a cash grab honestly they're going to keep changing what year they want it to be on so they can just have a tournament every year. It just makes it less special, honestly. That's what I think. Hey, do you know how they decide which which countries they're going to invite to, like, like uh, Japan and and Qatar to be part of this competition? Do you know how they pick them? Um, I'm not sure, honestly. Usually it's teams from Latin America, uh, Latin America, North America or the CONCACAF region. It happened that this year there was also the Gold Cup, so they couldn't invite anyone. Uh, usually Mexico is almost always invited. I think Japan's been invited prior and Qatar. Um, I think they either officially or unofficially paid Conumbol to have let them come because they wanted some competition to you know rehearse because there's a World Cup in three years in their country. And what a World Cup it'll be. I'm looking forward to it for one. You? <laughs> Christ. Um, well... <laughs> That concludes this short, very short segments on the Copa America. Oh, we could talk about Neymar, I guess, or the lack of Neymar in this competition after he got injured once again. Um, yeah, he's twenty-seven, or sorry, I think he's twenty-eight now, twenty That's years old. He hasn't really done anything with his footballing career. Um, I mean, obviously compared to what he's been promised and what we were expecting of him when he was nineteen. He's won one Champions League and was 
twice during the Ballon d'Or. I think that's it. Uh, don't forget his Ligue 1 title. Yes, he's got two of those. I, wait, was this his second year PSG? God, the time flies. I forgot that it was his second year. Sound like an old person. Anyways, <laughs> um, I, I feel like every important, at every important step in his career over the last two three years, he's been injured or absent or something has happened that has kept him out, and I think he needs to get his shit together, because his his lifestyle I think it definitely plays a part in it. His traveling to Brazil all the time. Um, I mean, this year we saw him celebrating and partying at the at carnival while he was injured um i think there's a lot of shenanigans going on in his life that's it that he has to get in order and i mean as of today you know july 4th a lot of rumors about him going back to barcelona i've read a lot of uh psg accounts that are well connected that said that he has uh that he wants to leave that he said and he told the club he has to, he wants to leave and that the relationship between the club management and Neymar have gone really tough uh, over the past couple of weeks so it looks like he would leave I don't know really if that will help his career I hope it does because he's a very talented player but he hasn't accomplished much whether it's you know club level or national team again with what we thought he could achieve yeah I don't think uh, PSG fans will be too sorry to see him go necessarily I think they will he's I, I don't know I mean, there's, there is Mbappe who's French, so he's he has that added bonus of being, you know, a national team player playing for club, playing for the clubs, um, for the country's capital. Excuse me, for the country's capital's club. Woo! Um, nice. <laughs> so because PSG still have Mbappe and will hold on to Mbappe this summer, I think that will alleviate the pain of losing a player like Lemar like Neymar, especially if they PSG get a, another star quality player. Because if he goes, it's going to be for at least 200 mil. Buko bucks. And I think you know a deal with Coutinho coming to PSG or Coutinho and Rakitic coming to PSG would, would definitely be a good deal for the Parisian club. So wait, I'm sorry, you, you do think that PSG fans would be upset to see Neymar leave even for... Even for a lot of money, recouping a lot of money that was spent on him. No, that would be like I don't think he'll be like devastated, but I think a lot of people you know would want to see Neymar play. They want to see Neymar play well. They want to see Neymar put on a show. I think he's definitely one of those players that you know you you miss when 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 he's gone. I don't think they'll be devastated though. No. Okay, because you've literally told me several times that you'd be happy to, to for him to leave if if it were for the right amount of money. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be devastated. Your lies are catching up with you, Paul. Like I said, I don't. I, I just said I wouldn't be devastated. Uh, but I, if if there's a scenario where you know PSG can keep Neymar, I, I'd be I'd be all for it. I do think still think he brings, obviously, top quality to any side. I just you know he needs to get his life in order. He needs to get his lifestyle in order. He needs to get his priorities in order and focus solely on football. So uh, what's your prediction for the final there? I mean, you have, I think you can really only logically back up Brazil at home in the Maracanã. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a, a Brazil win. I think it's going to be ugly, 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 ugly. So I'm going to go with a nice 
a nice one nil win for Brazil. Oh, you meant ugly, like not a good game, not like ugly for Peru. I see. No, I'm gonna, gonna, I meant ugly yeah, for the quality of the match. I'm going to go ahead and give it a nice 3-1 win for Brazil. You heard it here first, folks. 3-1 win. Lock in your bets. I cannot emphasize enough that if you're betting money on this, do not ever follow Andrew's advice for any sort of predictions ever. Uh, I cannot stress that enough. Please do not. Please know that when you lose all your money, sadly we aren't responsible, and sadly Andrew won't be responsible for it, although he should be. I do have a poor track record when it comes to making bets that uh, might actually sound like they're good ideas. Poor track record is a massive understatement. So really, you might want to predict the opposite. Score 3-1 to Peru. That's my, that's my new opposite prediction. It's either one or the other. Nowhere in between. Uh, you heard it here first. All right, do you want to say a couple couple sentences about the Afcon, the African Championships? Cool. They're, when, they're in the round of 16. Um, the first matches start tomorrow for the knockout rounds. I'm going to say one sentence, actually, and it's a short one. Go Madagascar. I will definitely second you on that. Um, they're the massive, massive underdogs. They've performed, if, I mean, they've wildly surpassed expectations. It was their first time they ever qualified for the African Championships. They topped their group with a team that has, I mean, I, no one I know. No one. Zero, <laughs> no one people. anyone would know. Um, and no, yeah, I mean, I, all I can say is, you know, everyone likes a good old Cinderella story. So yeah. we're all behind the, that's actually, what, can let's you, actually go look on their wiki and see not? what their team name is. Uh, let's we're going Barrea. all for the Barea, Barea, the Barea, which is a species of zebu. I would say zebu. It's okay. zebu, can... which is a sort of cattle, all right, so we're... a cow. So we're all rooting for the Ma Madagascarian Barus. I mean, it's worth noting that they topped a group that had Nigeria in it, who I would say were one of the favorites coming in into the competition. Were they? I would have said Egypt for me was I the overwhelming one favorite. I said one of. Well, for me, Egypt was is the overwhelming favorite. Okay, well, regardless, Nigerian players that I wanted to see do well, Alex Iwobi, have uh, pretty um, pretty much underperformed throughout the competition. So we'll see how they do against Cameroon on the 6th of July in their uh, round 16 game. Yeah, all I'm going to say about it is that um, it's... There's the same problems every year with well, every every edition of the AFCON. Pitches are in a poor state, and there's a wild discrepancy between um, crowd attendance for the hosting nation and some of the smaller matches. I mean, we've seen stadiums filled out for the Egypt matches, where you have between 60 and 70 thousand people, because you know Egypt is Egyptians love the football, absolutely love it. Um, and then you have for the smallest matches, like, I don't know, Burundi against Uganda. I don't even know if that's an actual match, but, uh, people that like, uh, I think one of the we, games had like, what, a thousand people. That's it. Something like that. Do you want an actual match and give an actual No, that's, that's fine. I mean, well, let's I mean, see. Ivory can, Coast, even a game like yeah, Ivory I, Coast, South Africa, there was 5,000 people at the stadium. So, you know, that's a little disappointing, I think, for the atmosphere as a whole, um, whether you're watching the match live or on TV. But, um, 
I mean, I, if if you know that there's going to be a quarter of a stadium filled, uh, I mean, why don't you just lower the ticket prices? I don't know how much the ticket prices are, but I'm sure um, there's a possibility of lowering them or just, you know, doing something, maybe giving free tickets to to orphanages or, or academies for kids or for players that are under, I don't know, 12 or 10 years old, just to fill up, just fill it up at least, have some sort of, of atmosphere. Uh, yeah, when they're putting 5,000 people in a 30,000 capacity stadium, the players are going to notice, spectators on TV are going to notice, and it's going to detract from the spectacle as a whole. Yeah, otherwise, as you guys can tell, we, we don't really have much, much to add because with all the competitions that have been going on right now, uh, the AFCON has been the one that we've probably paid the least attention to, in all honesty. Because I don't even know where they show the matches on in America. Yeah, what's that about, guys? You have to illegally stream matches? Let's actually let's look it up real quick. Because I, I forgot. Or, yeah, I don't even know if where it's shown or who has the rights to them. Uh, Bean. Bean has the rights to it. Okay. Well, I don't have Bean Sports. Do you have Bean Sports? I, I do not have Bean Sports. All right, we don't have Bean, which I guess it was Bean. But yeah, so we haven't been able to watch the matches, sadly. Uh, the other team that's been disappointing um, has been the holders of AFCON, Cameroon, who actually drew Benin to all. Well, they have a really poor team. I'm not entirely surprised. Like, if you look at their squad real quick, their captain, first of all, is Chupo Moting. Chupo um, Moting is a quality player. Having seen him play all of last season, um, he's really bad. So if he's your <laughs> captain, that just doesn't bode well for you or your team whatsoever. Don't want to hate. It's disappointing just... to draw Ben and Tuol, regardless of who's in the squad. Yeah, I mean, here I'll let you quickly look at their squad and see how many players you know. I'll know more of them because obviously a bunch of them play in France. But tell me if you recognize any okay. of the names. Onana, Onana from Ajax, the keeper. Yeah. Uh, Bong. Gaiten Bong. Oh, whoops. I said Brighton. Yeah. Angisa. I've never heard the name. I've never seen him play. He was transferred to Fulham last summer from Marseille. He's can't really play football. He's not really that good. <laughs> Maybe part of the reason they went down. And, uh, for example, Clinton NG, another forward who plays from Marseille, was really, really bad. And that's about it. Yeah. There's... Should we go look at the Benin squad? You tell me how many players you know from who... Go, who no, but I'm saying that um, compared to past squads, you know, with, like, players, Alexander Song, um, Samuel Eto'o, just you know, internationally recognized names, um, this... Cameron's squad is quite weak, so I'm not entirely surprised at, at their poor performance, honestly. All right, well, they barely they barely qualified. Barely, barely qualified for for the knockout stages. For the knockout stages, they did, they beat Guinea Bissau two nil. That was their big win and two draws. Well, they're playing the other side. I said have underperformed. So they're playing Nigeria, and I guess we'll see how that goes. I I'm not convinced it'll be a, a pretty game of football. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just to wrap it up. I mean, the favorites are still the usual suspects. Egypt, for me, is the overwhelming favorite, with Algeria probably the closest to challenging them. And if they win all their matches, they'll be in the semifinals. Otherwise, so Senegal has been... Senegal, just because of Sadio Mane, who hasn't really shown up in this competition yet, and Morocco, who are really strong. What about Ghana? Uh, Ghana, same thing. Their squad... Uh, we could have yeah. has-been, but they definitely have some good players, like Thomas Partey. But I think Algiers is the side I think they're really impressed along with alongside Morocco in the group stages. But Egypt by far the overwhelming favorite.
Well, I'm hoping Madagascar can manage to beat the DRC and make it at least to the quarters. That would be fun. Yes, agreed. All right, and then um, moving on to a competition that's slightly closer to home, the Gold Cup. The Gold Cup, man. I know you've been following the great USA of the great A. What? Um, right? <laughs> Isn't that how you what? say it? What? Well, you know, the U.S. got some nice revenge on Trinidad and Tobago there for ruining the the World Cup chances in um, in 2018 for for the 2018 World Cup. Uh, a nice six 0 win in the group. Other than that, United States have been fairly woeful. Yeah, you wonder why they couldn't beat them three years ago, two years ago. Sorry, a four 0 win over Guyana, but barely beating. Oh, actually, I mean. Uh, Christian Pulisic played well against Jamaica, but nobody else really did. And then a uh, 1-0 win over Curacao. Come on. Curacao. Curacao. Yes, yes. That's another. what that little squiggly under the sea means. That's what that little squiggly under the sea means. Yes, very good, mate. Yeah, good job. What? That's a good spot. What do you call the uh, squiggly? Curacao. What do you call the squiggly? In French, it's called a cicidy. I didn't ask what it, how you say it in French. Actually, it's a city. I didn't ask how you say it. I'm telling you, you right now, English. it's a city. All right. Well, I think the U.S. is going to get... Smacked against Mexico. Right, I don't know how Chicago. you can. How you, I don't know how you can just brush over the fact that the U.S. beat Curacao one nothing. I didn't brush over. I you said did. They, I said they. You brushed over it. Mate, it's Curacao. It's a country that's smaller than Rhode Island. Then Rhode Island. I didn't brush over anything. They have a population of a hundred sixty thousand. That's twice the size of our the town we live in. That's twice the size of the town we live. That's two of our towns that barely—they barely lost to the United States. Yeah, it's bad. Like I said, it's not a, not been a pretty tournament. Even even though there have been some uh, some more flattering score lines than that, they've been. The U.S. has been pretty soundly disappointing. Um, really, the most impressive player throughout the tournament has actually played for a team who's done much better than I thought. That would be Canada, Paul. What do you think about Canada? Who's the player you're thinking of? Who, you ask? Jonathan David. All right. Tell me right now what club he plays for without clicking on his wiki page. He plays for Ghent. I just saw you post on his wiki page. <laughs> I just want to be informed. All right. Well, he is 19 years old. I give you that. I don't know who he is. Never heard of him in my life. But he is the, top, the tournament's top scorer right now with six goals. And only 19 years old. Granted, that was a hat trick against Cuba and a brace against Martinique. So it's a little bit like Alex Morgan style over here. Then again, it had a goal against Haiti. Who had a Cinderella run. Shout out. Yeah, shout out Curacao. Shout out Haiti. Um, great performance from those two nations. Um, not shout out US. What about Costa Rica? Um, I mean, they came up against... The only side you don't want to come up against, which is Mexico. Um, not entirely surprised, not surprised at all. They lost. And shout out to Jamaica and our boy Leon Bailey. It's great to see him finally play for the national team. Um, we say we talk about him. We didn't really talk about him because we didn't really watch the match. But yeah, it's great performance by them. Do you have anything else to add, mate, about the Gold Cup? Do you want us to just to give your final score prediction for the final? Sure. Your uh, final my prediction? prediction is 3-0 to Mexico. I have very little faith in the in the U.S. men's national team. Three nil to Mexico. What's your prediction? Four nil to Mexico. You would. You. Would. No, I'm, I think. Um. Uh. I. 
I don't. I feel like there hasn't been a blowout really, but I've, I don't know. I'm gonna go. You know what? Three nils. I like the sound of three nils. So I'm gonna go three nil as well. I'll say a quick word because, I mean, unless you want to as well. Uh, the Euro U21 Euros. Euros <clears throat> the U21 Euros. Go ahead. Spain once again showing that they dominate football over the last ten years. I want to say um, Fabian Ruiz won Best Player of the Tournament award. He's a great midfielder. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't a huge fan of his at first when he started out at Napoli, but Carlo Ancelotti showed a lot of confidence in him and started him week in week out, and he absolutely dominated those championships. Walked all over the uh, French midfield in the semifinals when uh, Spain absolutely wrecked France, just tore them apart. That was Quite an embarrassing em- game, yeah. It was really embarrassing. It showed you that the different type of footballs that both nations play. Spain, quick, delicious passing. It's exquisite. It was delicious. Delicious passing. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, oh man. I'm sorry. I guess you can't really say it in English, but anywho. Yeah, so France just was played terrible football. It was really tough to watch. Another Spain, Germany in the final. Spain had a quality squad. Uh, Vallejo, um, Borja, Borja Mayoral, and Dani Ceballos, and of course, Fabian Ruiz. Um, all pro players, um, all players who've played multiple games for their, their club teams in the first division. There was a bunch of talent on display. Italy with uh, Federico Chiesa, for example. England, my goodness, that was disappointing. And the likes of Phil Foden, Reese Nelson. That's right, Reese Nelson, who didn't start any games. I'm trying to think. There's their their team was I mean was touted to be one of the favorites. They didn't even get out of the group stage. They didn't even get out of the group stage. That's right. Anything else to add about that? Um, so, I think a lot of the talent was already confirmed, so there wasn't anyone really that came out and surprised the world. Nope, no one who springs to mind anyway. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to Andrew's favorite part of the pod. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Transfers with Andrew, your host. And I guess that was our jingle because we have absolutely zero dollars um, as <laughs> for our budget. <laughs> so we make our own jingles. You can hire me, though, to make jingles for, for your firm or your private event. Your private event? <laughs> If you wanted a jingle. Okay. I'm going to... I come up to you and I say, Hey, I need a jingle for my private event. What do you say? I say, what's your private event? I'm hosting a party. What's the theme? It's a birthday party. Then your jingle is... Can you give me a beat? Why the fuck is it my job to give you a beat? (laughs) Because I can't sing and do a beat at the same time. That's not my fucking problem. I'm the customer. Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Here, I'll give you one. Hey, man. It's your birthday today. I hope you have a really good day. Oh, man. It's me, your guy. I'm gonna bake you a birthday pie. Yeah. A birthday pie? Also, you're not my guy. (laughs) I haven't met you ever. I'm some guy that's come to me like, hey, I need something for my private event. Birthday pies are actually booming in popularity in uh, some parts of the Midwest. So, 
shows what you know. All right, let's finish. Let's just end the sketch right here because, God damn, it's terrible. This Our- wasn't a sketch. This is real life, man. It's not real life for anyone. For all zero people who actually wanted to contact Andrew <laughs> for any of those jingles, it's, it's not real Please life at all. Please DM me uh, at uh, football therapy. Oh, yeah, follow, follow us on Instagram. But DM, Foot- DM it if you want it. It's a if you want Foot- a jingle. It's at football x therapy. All right, so I guess since this is your favorite segment, you can start off with whatever rumor you want to talk about or transfers, I guess. Well, Joel Felix. Wow, so you just exploded everyone's eardrums. Well, <laughs> um, well, we have Joel Felix going to Atletico for 113 mil. Grossly overpriced. You think so? For any of those of you who remember my comments about Joao Felix, I he didn't really impress me. Well, he did not impress me at all during the Nations League finals. And when I saw him play for Benfica, I, I'm not sure. I just didn't see something that was worth over a hundred mil to pay for. But clearly, I'm in the vast minority on that one. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't see a hundred mil plus player like Mbappe is transferred after two almost good. Se- well, you know, yeah, one and a half good season. He's shown the Champions League, uh, got with the semis with Monaco, scored against Juventus, but you know, Joao Felix, a hat trick against Frankfurt in the Europa League, which I don't know if you watched that game. It wasn't like a quality hat trick. It wasn't like you know, I don't know. I, I I'm. I'm intrigued. You're I can't, skeptical. I, I'm skeptical, but I'm intrigued to see what he'll do at Atletico. It'll mean he has to do a, run, a lot of running with Simeone for sure. So I you know we'll see how he adapts to that. Um, he's young. Be interesting. I don't. I don't think Benfica. I think they they got a good price for him for sure. But you think they got a good price for him? I said for sure. Yeah, they got a ridiculously amazing price for, for him. Sh- I said for sure. Did Do you hear me say for sure? Can I talk? No. <laughs> and then, of course, we can, since he's going to Atletico, we can talk about Atletico Madrid because they've been bossing it so far in the transfer window. So they bought Joao Felix. They're going to get rid of Griezmann and get more, probably like 120 mil, I think, is his release clause in Euros. And Rodri's gone as well. And they uh, just sold Rodri as well to City for 65 mil, or like 60, 65 mil. And they've brought in Marcos Llorente from Real Madrid and Hector Herrera from Porto, the Mexican midfielder, on a free, as well as a center back that I hadn't heard of called Felipe, who's also plays for Porto. So that's four signings. So have they addressed to... what they needed to in, in losing uh, Lucas Hernandez and, um, and Godin? Yeah. You think they're good at, at the back? Yeah. All right. Well, Paul thinks they're good. Hopefully, uh, Joao Felix is in another Lamar, and you know he actually has a good season. Anyway, um, moving on. Juventus, in addition to Atletico, has been the team that oh, has yeah. uh, won the transfer window. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I should take that back. Atletico are doing really well, but Juventus are the ones that are absolutely bossing it. Like number one, you can never dethrone Juventus when it comes to these free transfers. That's right. You thinking Kadira? You're thinking Emery Chan, Pogba, Pirlo, uh, just so many of them. And they just added two this summer, Aaron Ramsey, which we've known for a couple of months now. And as it's just been officialized, or made official, sorry, um, this week, Adrien Rabiot from PSG is coming on a free. And don't forget 
Buffon, who has made, who's making his return. It doesn't really matter because he's coming as a second, as a backup uh, to Chesney. He took number seventy-seven. Well, maybe, so. maybe Buffon can finally get his Champions League. Maybe, but that means right now Juventus probably is the well, probably Juventus is the best midfield in Europe. Yeah, Pjanic, Kedira, Matuidi, Rabiot, Ramsey, Betancourt. So who makes the starting eleven? Pjanic. Okay. Matuidi, just because Allegri loves him, and Italian people love him, and then a plus one. I would probably go with Ramsey. Aaron, yeah, for sure. And um, it's likely that they they get delict as well. Yeah, as of as of today, I would say that they're the strong favorites to sign him, number one favorites. Uh, the last transfer we have to talk about is not really a transfer of the like we've been talking, but Frank Lampard is making his, his return to Chelsea from uh, after a season as manager of Derby County, and he said that Chelsea is the only club in the world for, uh, for which he would have left Derby. So I guess that's lucky for Chelsea fans. How do you think he's going to do? I have no idea. Well, there you go. Quality punditry. Uh, no, I can't really add much to it because I genuinely have absolutely no idea it's going to go. I think it's just... I. It's rare that I don't have an opinion about something, as you know, because I'm quite the opinionated person, but I have no idea how it's going to go. I, could, I would not be surprised if it was a train wreck. I wouldn't be... Very surprised if it was very successful. I think I would be slightly surprised if it was, you know, very successful um, time for Lampard. Well, I guess it's a good time to appoint him because nobody's winning the title for the next two seasons except City and Liverpool anyway. I guess um, he knows, he already knows the squad he's going to work with because they're banned, you know, from transferring anyone. Sorry. Because they're banned from bringing in anyone, so he knows that's the squad he gets. Um, that it's not going to change for at least a year. Um, I guess you know. I, I again, it's a new era coming at Chelsea with him coming in and Azar leaving. Yeah, I mean, as long as he can win over the dressing room, um, then he can. I think he can be very successful. It just and he already has the respect of being a Chelsea legend. So I think he'll. I think he'll be decently successful I think top four I mean him and Stevie G top four next season top four next season yeah who's your top four for next season my top four City Liverpool and who are the two City Liverpool Chelsea Spurs interesting sorry Arsenal fans I'm one two and United uh United sixth you think they're gonna come in sixth again yes I think a very similar order to what happened this year interesting um, yeah, no, Lampard and Stevie G are two, uh, I'm going to go and say, and say, I'm going to go ahead and say rare players that leave, they retire. They, I mean, they picked up coaching like two years after they left football and they both had pretty successful spells with Rangers and Derby respectively. Uh, you know, com when comparing to some players like Tira Henry, for example, but, um, and even Ole at this point. And even, yeah, Solskjaer again. But, I mean, I was really thinking about players who retired rather recently and gone straight into managing. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just wish the best of luck to him. I really don't know how it's going to turn out. Hopefully it turns out well because, I mean, that's, I think, what everyone in the footballing world wants to see. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Steven Gerrard, I heard some rumors 
from my sources that uh, he could be heading to Newcastle to replace uh, Rafa as he's as Rafa has left for China at the end of his contract. So I don't know who these um, people are that you heard this from. I'm going to go ahead and call BS. I um, If he does, I don't think it's a smart move for him at all. Newcastle are a mess of a club with um, probably the worst owner in football right now. Mike Ashley. Tied with the Glazer family. So I would just not go if I was him whatsoever. It's going to be – he's going to be in a relegation battle or or mid-table. I don't know. I, I think he might as well stay at Rangers for now and and just you know keep competing in the Scottish Premier League. Maybe they can actually challenge Celtic for the title. I mean, they did this season. I think they ended up like six or seven points behind. It was not close in the last few weeks. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'll just take your word on that one in that case. But yeah, just build himself up, have an idea at Glasgow. Um, yeah, if I were him, I just wouldn't go. I like if you wanted to pick up a club like I don't know, like Bournemouth, I would say sure, go for it. But Newcastle seems to be a bit of a mess. Yeah, I just think it would be fun to have them both managing in the Prem. But yeah, I agree. It could be the wrong career move at this point. Might as well wait a few more years in the in the Scottish Prem before taking the leap. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add, man? Just that on this day, Greece beat Portugal 1-0 to win the Euro, stunning the hosts in 2004. That's what you want to say? Yeah, on this day, July 4th. Remember, it was 15 years ago. Okay. Um, do you have anything else to add? <laughs> uh, no, you look nice today. Um, thanks for listening in. And, um, uh, Are you telling the listeners that they look nice today? No, I'm telling you. And then I was talking to them. Oh, I mean, I hope you guys look nice today. I'm sure you do. All right, I'll take... <laughs> I'll Paul will take the outro on this one. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go drink some water. Yeah, go drink some water. Um <laughs> No, we just want to thank you. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Um we're going to try and and get another podcast in hopefully either Monday or Tuesday where um where there'll be the Copa America Gold Cup and Women's World Cup final. So we'll cover all of that. Um, we will watch all three matches. Yeah? Yes, we will watch all three matches. So we can give you guys an, an in-depth review of what we thought of them, as well as covering the you know ever-running ever transfer rumor mill and uh, actual transfers that are happening. And uh, yeah, that, that'll be the plan for the next pod. Um, follow us on, on Instagram at Therapy. And uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks so much. Bye.